Kristen Lundberg. Yes. That's how you say it, right? Yes, yes. Yes, is that the American way say it? Lundberg, Lundberg? Lundberg. Lundberg, yeah. Thank yeah, you, you put a little oomph into it, which I like. Lundberg. Lundberg. I'm cool with that. But you say Lundberg. <laughs> thank you for being here in With Miska podcast. Yes, thank you for setting all this up in my yard. This is amazing. This is great, uh, yeah. <laughs> I wish the audience could see, like, the like. it's like an entire yard filled with, like, camera equipment. <laughs> yes, uh, <coughs> three iPhones and some stuff like that. But yeah, but the actual yard is filled with stuff. It's amazing. Yes, I... <clears throat> if a bee a flies next to you, it's okay. He's just trying to pollinate the lemon tree. Yes, we are in your yard. Yes. Yeah. Well, this is technically the owner of the property's yard, but, yes. you know, I, I live back here, so I tend to these plants. I, you know, I make sure the lemons are, that they're lemoning, and so these are, I take ownership of this part of the property. Yes. How do you like it? I love it. I love it. This is Glendale, and Glendale is the best. <laughs> yeah. I love uh, have you had, like, a yard before? No, I've never had a yard like this before. I've never had one like this. I just I just started planting things when I moved here um, a little over a year ago. And before then, I never planted anything. But since I have this, I've planted uh, bush beans. I planted some peas and um, some kale. And I had to put nets over all of my kale and stuff. I'm not sure if the camera can see, but there's like a box with a net to keep the butterflies from landing on the kale because the butterflies are the enemy because they sorry i got really excited no no about that's not you it's the wind okay you summoned the wind well good the wind can come because it blows the butterflies away because what they do is they lay little eggs all over the kale and then they hatch in the caterpillars but then those caterpillars eat the kale and it's just like this never-ending cycle of like oh so cute so pretty a butterfly oh no shit my kale and so i spent two whole days like eight hours a day making these fences over my kale so the butterflies would stay away i thought the <laughs> butterflies were fun i thought so too i thought so too until i started to try to grow kale my favorite vegetable and you really like kale <laughs> i really like it yeah. yeah because i think i have mixed feelings with kale because it's supposed to be healthy and i try to eat it yeah but i don't know if i really enjoy it that much it's an acquired taste you know you remember when you were a kid and you first tried beer yes and you might have went oh this is nasty you know like that's the same with kale it's like you know it's like the beer of vegetables like you just <laughs> have to grow to like it eventually and you guys i'm gonna take these glasses off now because this was like a prank like i wanted you guys to think i wear glasses but i really don't these are these are non-prescription they don't have anything i've just been obsessed with uh cat eye glasses lately and these are uh real real vintage look at those i, I can wear these <laughs> what do you think yeah yeah you look like you're wearing kids glasses <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's a good thing. <laughs> you look like you actually they actually look pretty good on you. I'm not gonna lie. Like they, they have a nice shine, you know, so it's not like you know, it's not like you're wearing some cheap chintzy cat eye glasses you got from some costume shop. Some diamonds. Know? Yes. Crystals even. Crystals. <laughs> so they help. This is, I, I love this. So do <laughs> you really you. do you wear this when you go out to um, to your no, business? no, I'm not. I don't, but I think I'm going to start 
f- just for fashion. I think you should. Just because, I mean, great. come on, guys. I mean, you really, th- like, come on. She's, with these on, she's booking, she has dates, she's she's going, she has coffee dates, she has Zoom meetings. Without, I mean, it's, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about your commercials, that you, are you wearing glasses in those? No, no. not yet. So no. that's the next look. Yeah, this is the next look. I uh, I don't know. Just I I saw some at a costume shop, and I said, "Why don't they make cat eye glasses that are like really nice anymore, like they did in the '60s?" You know, they don't make them like that. Yeah, they just don't make them like this anymore. And I was like, "Oh, I got to get something." And so I bought those, and I bought a couple of other pairs. <laughs> those look great. I love them. But th- yeah. so those are good ones. You said that they don't yeah. make them, but those are the ones they don't they make them make. like. Yeah, these are the ones they should make. They're uh, made out of aluminum. Um, they say these say Art Craft on them, which I don't know if that's the brand, but uh, yeah, they they have like uh, engravings and little like diamonds in there. I don't know if you could see that, but that reminds me of your. Uh, hold on, what was it? the bite? Was it sketch or stand up? What? Best Buy. You were talking oh, about yeah. your commercial. You were in Best Buy commercial. Buy it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> were you watching my stand-up about yes, it? Yes, <laughs> yes. That was good. I'm not telling that you should do the bit, but that reminds me of, of that you're a really good seller. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I went to college for design and stuff like that. And uh, so marketing has always been a, a part of my creative journey. Um, I, I've been doing commercials since I was like 18 years old. So going on over a decade of being in commercials and uh, per- pursuing the art of marketing. And Oh, really? <laughs> where where yeah, was yeah. the school? Yeah. Um, well, I started at Sinclair Community College in Dayton. Dayton, Ohio. Dayton, yeah. Ohio. Yeah. yeah. And uh, mm. I remember as part of our high school path, uh, we, cause I took interactive media in high school, which was like basically a video class. And, uh, as part of our graduation, we got a free scholarship. Scholarships are free. We got a scholarship to the community college and no one else in my class took the scholarship. Everybody poo pooed it. Oh, it was not even what we want to do because it wasn't um, a scholarship in in video arts. It was a, it was a scholarship in graphic design. But I said, eh, close enough. And you know, I went and I I took the scholarship and um, got a, hired as a as a designer in the Dayton City Paper, which is I'm I'm not sure if it's around anymore, but it was the arts and culture paper in Dayton. I'm like, man, I really like I made it like this is awesome. It was like my first job where I sat down at a desk, you know, I had to uh do everything the publisher told me to do. And uh it was a it was a very busy, fun job. And I thought, ha, community college suckers, like, you know, like Community college is awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and you get the job almost right away. Yeah, yeah. I, I started as an intern, but then somebody, the the designer that they had there had to take leave of absence because she was pregnant. And then she just decided never to come back. And I was like, well, lucky me. 
Like, that means that I fill your chair permanently now. And yeah, it was fun because we got uh, tickets to all of the shows and the art galleries and all the plays in town um, because, you know, people wanted us to come and review their uh, performance. Yes. So we would get the whole staff would just get free tickets to stuff all the time. So it was kind of like, you know, I felt like I won, but then I was like, you know, I want to further my path. And even though you had everything. Yeah. Even though I had everything, you know, it felt like really good, but I was like, if I can do this, then what else can I do? So I decided, you know, I want to still be a toy designer. Um, that was my, uh, that was my next level up. I'm like, okay, I did a graphic design. That's great and everything, but I really want to be a toy designer. What if I got in a product design? Um, and then that way I could incorporate my humor into that because I was incorporating humor into everything. Um, just cause that's the way I am. And so then I went down to the, the art Academy of Cincinnati and with my portfolio that I made at Sinclair Community College, I was able to score a scholarship that covered o over three quarters of my tuition at the Art Academy of Cincinnati, which was a big deal because Art Academy is a private school and they're very like high art. Like they have like, you know, they have programs for um, painters and sculptors and, you know, just very like you know, that elevated, elegant art. And I was like, nah, I want to do like, <laughs> I want to do marketing and disruptive arts and, you know, just like 3D printing and like anything that was like technological, disruptive, like I wanted to do it. So I went to the Art Academy of Cincinnati, which, you know, it, it was a challenge because I, you know, while I can do slash while I can do like the more traditional arts, like sculpture and painting, like I, I'm not interested in that kind of stuff. And they were very like, um, they like forced everybody to do that. Like everybody had to take a sculpting, painting, drawing. And I was like, ah, this is the worst. Like I just wouldn't do video design. So I did. And I just did whatever I wanted, which is the cool thing about that school. It's cause they were like, well, just because you have a design degree doesn't mean you can't like make your senior thesis about making videos. So that's what I did. And I um, made all these sketches and um, like comedy, comedy sketches for my senior thesis. And so while everybody else was hanging their paintings, I was hanging giant TVs Yeah. that I, well, they were, weren't that big, but they were like flat screen. And at that time, flat screen was pretty like, kind of still new so, so like I went to Best Buy and I bought three of these plat flat screen TVs knowing I'm going to return all of them because they're just for my show and uh, yeah that was that was my show and I was um, yeah that's that's just part of my journey as an artist which nice. is a lot <laughs> and now you're in, mainly an actor and stand-up comedian yeah yeah how's the yeah. graphic design and yeah. all that Stuff. So all that through throughout all of my uh, design jobs and everything, um, you know, when I, after I graduated the Art Academy of Cincinnati, I got a job toy designing like I wanted to. Like uh, in a real toy. toy sculpting. Yeah, because wow. Cincinnati actually has a rich history in toy design. Um, I think in the late 80s, everything moved to uh, like uh, New Hampshire or Rhode Island. I think Hasbro moved to Rhode Island because Hasbro used to be Kenner Toys in Cincinnati and they invented the Blythe doll and like all these other different iconic dolls. Well, Maybe G.I. Joe? 
Maybe. 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 I think GI. Mm, I forget who designed GI Joe, but um. Anyway, what Transformers. happened was Transformers. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like for them, it's like who owns the license because Transformers started as like what, like Disney or Marvel or something. I, I so it's know. just like about yeah. who owns the license. Yeah. So like um, the cool thing about working uh, in the toy company is like I would know all of the movies that were getting ready to come out um, that they haven't even started advertising for. And actually, I had to sign an NDA to not talk about the movies that were coming out because they designed the toys and make the movies at the same time. It's simultaneous. And so I didn't know that. And I was like, oh, that's like a really exciting part of the business is like, you know, getting to work on secret projects. Um, And so a lot of these people that are in Cincinnati, they used to work for um, Kenner Toys. So that's why they're just like the leftovers. They didn't pick up and leave with everybody else they stayed and so that's why cincinnati has a rich toys history can you tell now what projects you worked on um yes i i worked on um a bodysuit for janet jackson uh for her performance during the super bowl i've heard about Um, that yeah the one where they hit the nips yeah so the bodysuit for that yeah yeah that was like a Toy com- I'm not getting the connection. So, so we to- not only did toys, but anything that is like manufactured or needs to have a mold created to print to make it. So okay. that suit needed a mold to be created to make it. It wasn't made out of fabric, you know. And so, what was like, it made we out of? did. Oh, I don't know. Probably some type of like I don't I don't know latex. Yeah, probably some type of la- yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um like anything like we did a lot of tampon applicators. Yeah. Because Procter and Gamble was also in Cincinnati is also still in Cincinnati. And so they Procter and Gamble makes all of the hygiene products, right? They make like everything, like tampon, they're like Playtex, like all the tampon companies, like everything. And so, yeah, we would get, like, tampon applicators, like, dildos, stuff like anything that needs to be mass manufactured, like, we would get. But we would often get, like, the more fun, like, projects from, like, Bridge Direct um, and, and, uh, I'm sorry, like, Mattel, Fisher-Price, and, like, whoever was dealing with Monster High at the time. Do you you have an opinion of the nipple slip? Was it intentional or not? (laughs) Because sometimes I think not it was, intentional. No, no, I don't think I don't think a celebrity like that would expose herself more than she has to already wh- why, on a daily basis. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But why did she have the star-shaped uh, sticker on it? Hmm. That that seemed planned. I I don't. I'm not saying it's like that, but that's what yeah, I was wondering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember there was a star. Well, there's person. I do remember that, but there's. I mean, there's companies that make different shapes of pasties okay that you know if i were going through and picking out pasties i would wear i would probably want to wear the fun cooler ones that just in case something like that were to happen it's not some nasty like clear round one (laughs) okay i get it (laughs) so that's my that's my opinion allegedly my conspiracy theory but i don't know it's i mean she could have planned it i mean it would be the she could have, but I don't know. I don't think that she, she would have. Does D- Janet Jackson really need to do something like that to get more publicity? I don't think so. No. Okay, <laughs> yeah. well, now I got the idea that yeah. you could just choose a fun pasty. 
that that would make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you yeah, were working. Options. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you were working on those toys or yeah. in that toy. Yeah. What is and toy, then, not toy factory? What is it? Is a it was a toy sculpting company. Toy sculpting company. So we wouldn't design the toys. A lot of times, like uh, they would. Okay, can we pause just for a second? I'm gonna yeah, put yeah. the windscreen there. Okay. Just a second. Yeah, we'll yeah, be yeah. right back. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and we're back with okay. the windscreen. Some more secret, more secret projects. Um, yeah, I was gonna ask, what is it called? The It's not a toy factory, but it's toy. Oh yeah, it's a toy sculpting company. Toy sculpting company. Yeah, so we would get designs emailed to us, and then my job would be to drop it into the 3D sculpting program and sculpt, make it a sculpture. So sometimes they would give us like a front and a side and a back view, but a lot of times they would only give us the front, and they'd be like, "Go." <laughs> so I would have to like make up what the side and the back looked like. So that did take some design skills, you know, because it's like you're designing based off of what they already designed you. So I've worked on a bunch of stuff um, like Barbie, uh, Monster High. Mar Monster High is like a like a toy that competed with Barbie. Um, or no, 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 no. Monster High came out as Barbie's rebuttal to Bratz. Okay. To Bratz. So first there was Barbie, right? Iconic. Everybody loved her. Okay. Then there came Bratz. And I know them. The Bratz. You know the Bratz. Okay. Yes. They had big lips and everybody's like, what's up with these <laughs> slutty Bratz? You know, they're even sluttier than Barbie and all this stuff. Yeah. It was like, and they had like removable, removable feet. And like Barbie was like, oh, hell no. Bratz aren't going to take our thunder. And so then Barbie came out, uh, Mattel came out with Monster High. And I don't know if you heard of Monster High. I've heard, but I, I don't know much. So okay. please tell me. Monster High was my obsession because they were very like ghoulish, um, you know, like edgier Barbie dolls. Like, so one's name is Gulia, and she's in high school. You know, they're all in high school. And Gulia is a ghoul. So she has blue skin. And uh, I think, like, or maybe she has, like, green skin. I don't know. But that's like, the, that's, like, the coolest thing about the dolls is they have different colored skins, like, blue and green and purple. Yeah. And, like, I think one of them is, like, a vampire. So then she has, like, little fangs. And, like, they have piercings and stuff. And this is all stuff that the doll comes with that when I was a kid, I had to take nail polish and make them look like that. But then we got older and look so, what so, happened. So sorry. So so, so the doll, can you say that again? Yeah, I didn't fully get it. So the doll comes. Yeah, in the, one color. Yeah, the doll comes. And as then a, you needed to do nail polish. Well, too. when I was a kid, if I wanted a doll that looked like that, got yeah, it. I had to take the nail polish kit and take a Barbie and just paint just it. Just paint it. Yeah. yeah. Did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> And yep. then they came up, and you work on Monsters High. Yeah, and was I worked on the shoes. Yeah, it was very fun because um, it, it's a lot more fun than like Hot Wheels. So we would get Hot Wheels too. But the reason why I liked Monster High is because they're very organic shapes. So like, for instance, like a shoe with a bow on it. That's a very organic shape. It, you don't need to make it like function it doesn't have to really do anything like it can just look good so whatever you make if it just looks good it's good whereas like hot wheels okay it's a car it has to function it has to have a certain like 
it has very controlled surfaces. Like everything is very smooth, straight, like nothing too crazy, right? So that's why I love working on the Monster High. Um, lots of other stuff came into. I worked on Angry Birds. Yes, they're yeah, finished. Yeah, they made. They're finished too. Yeah, like really finished. Yes, <laughs> like yes. really finished. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, like the headquarters in, is in Finland. It was whole, oh, that's the whole odd. thing. Yeah. I love Angry Birds. Yeah. I'm not huge into video games, but what I am into is forming up and teaming up with people and doing ensemble work, which I know in video games, definitely like, there's a lot of games where you team up with people. Yeah. Um, and you go out and you just sh shoot the bad guy. <laughs> But do you play at all? I don't play no. at all. No. No, no, I don't play I don't play games. I just like like I just want to get into more like dramatic theater and ensemble work yes. with people that I think are funny and like people that are also interested in doing the give and take that happens in ensemble work. That seems like a step away from doing being a stand-up. Yeah, yeah, because I I did stand-up throughout all everything I just told you guys. I did stand-up on the side the entire time. So I started doing stand-up while I was like 18, entering college, and I said, you know, I'm an adult. I'm gonna start working on my comedy now. I'm a stand-up because yes. you know, I always felt like I was funny and that I had like a certain like energy to give, and. I feel you it do. was reciprocated. Yeah, people were like people would dig it. So I'm like, okay, okay, yeah, I'll keep doing the stand up. You know, it's like a, there's that give and take with the audience. But the thing is, is I was doing stand up because we didn't have improv classes in Ohio like there are out here or in Chicago where I studied improv. Where? Um, I studied improv at Second City and I.O. Theater in Chicago and at the Clubhouse in Chicago and the Annoyance Theater. Wow. I did like all of them. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't finish them all. I finished Second City and I.O. Yeah. But I, I definitely took a few classes at like all of the theaters. There, there's other ones I'm not mentioning too. There's like... <sighs> there, there, there's like another one I forget I took classes at. But anyway... Um, so we didn't have that stuff in Ohio. So I started doing stand up because I was just like, oh, I'm like, you know, I'm bubbling. I need to figure out how I'm going to get this energy out, how I'm going to share this with people. And I felt like stand up was really cool because, you know, there's power and presence. Right. And I feel like that's that's where I thrive. It's like being in front of people and with people and just working with people in any capacity in person so i was like okay cool and then i got i got really good at that and i kept doing it and eventually like i moved to la and i was like i want to be on jimmy fallon i i got on america's got talent you did yeah i did yeah before i moved to la when i was living in chicago i um got in america's got talent because of my uh violin and comedy bit yes and i had this bit I remember I walked in and I did a bit for them and they were like, okay, thank you very much. Have a nice day. I was like, wait, can I show you one more bit? And they were like, okay, sure. Yeah. And I did this thing where I played the devil went down to Georgia. And I'm like, I don't know that. Sorry. It's a very fast fiddle song. Yeah. Very fast. And then I was like, okay, so I know what you're thinking. Okay. She could play the fiddle pretty good, but can she play the fiddle 
with no pants. And then I had these <laughs> rip off pants <laughs> and I wore like these rainbow shorts underneath and I would just play the whole thing again. And that yeah. was the whole bit. And they just, they literally like stood up and were clapping. We're like, they're, they're like, we're very glad you did that second part, Chris. And, and they were like, basically like, welcome to the show. Right. So then I and got to go. And this was the pre-audition. This was the pre-audition, yeah. not filmed. Yeah. Okay. So then I got there and I, you know, they flew me out to Pasadena, which was so cool. From Ohio. From Chicago at okay. the time. Yeah. yeah. I thought that from Glendale to Pasadena. Yeah. No. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. They flew me from Glendale to Pasadena. It was, it was a five second flight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, they flew me and I remember feeling like, oh, this is so cool. Like. I'm, and it this is. is it. This is gonna. This is gonna be the start yeah. of my career, and um, like Tyra was there, and uh, I think at the time the judges were Melanie B, Simon Cowell, um, Howie Mandel, and uh, Heidi Klum. Yes, and they all passed me except Heidi Klum. It's okay. Germans don't have a very good sense of humor, right? <laughs> uh, apparently not. Do they all need to? Do they all need to pass you? Do they all need to what? Do they all need to pass you? No, no. For you to No, progress? so I got passed. Yeah. And we were working on the second round of jokes. And somewhere in the middle of us working on that second round, they said, sorry, we're not going to air your part. Not uh, even the first one. Yeah. They said, they decided they, was gonna, they were going to cut it. Okay. And I was like, damn, dude. You know, I felt kind of like, uh, I was bummed, but I was also like, you know, America's Got Talent is like, you know, they, they want like a sob story. Yeah. You know, and I, I was just like, I was just not giving that at that time. Yeah. Like, I'm, maybe I could now at any given moment. But I just wasn't, that wasn't my, uh, that wasn't my energy. I don't have like a really like dark, you know, back history of like, I, I just didn't, I don't know. I just didn't want to share that stuff. What, what, what I, do you have back there? You don't need to share everything, yeah, but like, no. what's your background like if before I, toys and community college? Yeah, but well, I grew yeah, up with my mom and dad. Yeah, yeah, in Ohio, and my dad is an aerospace engineer. Sounds and great. Yeah, it was it was cool because it, it, he was like a he was an inspiration as far as careers go. I was like, okay, whatever I do, it has to be something as hard as what my dad does. What's as hard as rocket science? <laughs> and I was like, making people laugh. Boom. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so I decided you know, internally that I wanted to make people laugh and spread that, you know, that good, that good love and energy for a career. Um, but you know, ex externally, like p putting that out there wasn't, you know, very easy. So I grew up in a very artistic household and my dad was uh, like always encouraging us to make, um, to make art. And I played violin, yes. uh, growing up and he was, um, He was always very supportive of all that stuff. Yeah. How yeah. about mom? Mom also. Yeah. She, I mean, she wasn't as much of an artist as she, my mom has a very, um, she's, she's got like a country bumpkin upbringing. Um, not a whole lot of education in her family is like my dad's side of the family is very educated. Her side of the family is not so much, but what she lacks in education, she makes up for in people's skills and charisma. So she got everything of where she is in life by basically just being, just trying to be a messenger of God doing the right thing, you know, So she's religious. She's religious. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and she always brought us up with religion. Yeah. And she took us to church. Shout out Fairhaven Church. They, when I was growing up, they were just like a big church. Now I think they're technically a mega church. Like they have a Starbucks in st- inside. Inside? Yeah. They, I've never heard about that. They have their that. own Starbucks. Yeah. yeah I, they were closed this past Christmas. So I was so disappointed. But next time, maybe this coming year, they'll be open. Do you still go to church? Um, not, no. I don't, I don't go to church anymore. But I watch YouTube church online. Okay. I watch... Um, so you have a religious yeah how yeah would you describe? I, you're religious it's just like a mind like a religious mindset like yes you know because it's so easy to get wrapped up in the consumer mindset and i think that they're i think that they both can have a place in us but there needs to be some kind of balance right so um you know, during the week, I'm often like in a consumer mindset, like, you know, how am I going to, for- how am I going to forage my career so I could get money so I could buy a house? You know, it's like a very consumer mindset. But when the weekend, yeah. when the weekend comes in, I make sure like to try to continue expanding my relationships. Um, I'll like to go do hiking, watch my YouTube church, which I watched, uh, I watched Transformation Church. <laughs> is that is that the name of the church? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think well they known. do in person stuff too, but okay. they record it and live stream everything on YouTube, and it's uh, their main pastor. I think is Steve Furt Furtick, Furtnick or something. How is it? Shout how, out. How's the? Yeah. Is I the, love how, you, dude. <laughs> what kind of church is it? It's like the like a pretty basic Christian church. Yeah. 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 They talk about they talk about the scripture. That what I like about it. Is they make you know he'll he'll boil it down to like where it's not uh, where the lang- like the language he uses is very like modern and like I just feel like he's he's down you know like yeah. he's down with the younger folks like he's very like he's a very modern like younger preacher um all of them are that are with the transformation church and even if they're not i mean that's okay i i watch another one i think called elevation church that has like an older guy so um i i don't know i just feel like it for me it just needs to be put in lameness terms like you know like just basic english but like like for instance one of the scriptures that he talked about was um like like blessings like like loss so he's talking about loss he's like well you lose something and that sucks right but don't let you know you lost something really great okay that sucks even more but don't let the blessings of yesterday get in the way of the miracles of tomorrow and that is good scripture, my dude. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's great. I just get, I just get all worked up about it because, you know, I um, I I broke my fingers, <laughs> and uh. It was like when COVID happened, it felt fine to lose, uh, you know, not 
playing as a stand-up anymore, and it felt fine to not be making ice sculptures because you know, you know, I make ice sculptures. Yes, but that yeah, we haven't talked about it yet. Yeah, we haven't talked about that yet. So I I used to be an ice sculptor and in, in South Central, and um, it was uh one of those like crazy like miracle jobs. Like I was like, oh my god. I can't believe I got this really cool job. Like, like, you know, I just, not very many people get to say that. <laughs> like, you know, what, what a cool thing to do. And then like, I broke my hand. I broke my fingers on my uh, left hand uh, after three years of working there. And I was, I felt very established in the business. I felt very comfortable. And I was like, <sighs> This is this is the life, you know. I could come in and work anytime I want. I'm working for clients like Ellen DeGeneres. Like I made ice sculptures for Ellen, like multiple for El Ellen DeGeneres. I made an ice sculpture for Biz Marquis before he died. Um, I made one for a couple of them for Chief Keef, like rappers, people who are graduating college, people who are having bar mitzvahs. Um, casinos would order food trays so i made all this stuff with my hands and it's like it's unbelievable even like telling it's like hard to even tell people this because they don't see it like they don't see me as wielding the chainsaw and getting in there with the chisels and the drill and everything so even just like being the way i am like you know a skinny girl And being able to say that is even more of like, wow, what a prestigious like position that I found. Well, I broke my hand. It was like that was like instantly taken away. Right. And then I couldn't play my violin anymore. Right. So that was taken away, too. Whereas like during COVID, it was like when those things were taken away, it was fine because everybody was everybody was stopped. Right. But this time. It just felt like, oh, it was just me, <laughs> right? But it's okay. I made it through it. Actually, I have a really positive outlook about it now because <clears throat> don't let the blessings of yesterday, you know, mess up your miracles of tomorrow. So what the miracle is for me is being able to slow down and focus on just being right like maybe i was doing too much maybe making ice sculptures during the day and then doing an audition and then running to a show and playing the violin at night maybe that was too much and maybe it's not about doing all that stuff it's about just you know here with my cat being and then on top of that it's like okay i'm not doing that stuff Well, now I can really focus on my ensemble work. And now I can focus on being with other people and, and translating that into a career on screen. So it's actually been like a huge miracle, even though I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, I'm grateful that my fingers got broke. Like, I think, like, that's stupid. The gratitude is for the growth. How did that break? Oh, I, I, I smashed him with a big, big block of ice, like a 200 pound block of ice fell just, yeah, 
And what's the situation now? Can you play? I can play. I can, but I just, I just don't. Yeah, you told me. Why? What's behind there? Yeah, I don't. I don't play because I just don't really want to. I just want to find a new outlet. And I know that sounds like it might be like sad, but it's not. I don't feel sad about it. Like I don't even want to. <laughs> do you still do stand up? No. No. I don't want to do that either. <laughs> no, no, that's great that you're finding these things out. Oh, you don't. Yeah, I I kind of like I had huh. a realization not uh, I would say months after I broke my fingers, um, you know, I I kept doing stand up without my violin. And you know, the violin was a big part of my stand up. Yes. You saw And you can it, see those clips on your website. Yeah, What, what's the website? Yeah, uh com. Yes, with violin or without. And you can yes. see it with and without. And um you know, I built this whole career off of playing the violin during my comedy act and I was on America's Got Talent for it. Soon after that, I got a touring agent and I was touring casinos and colleges. I was also playing at the improv. Just before like, COVID, right? Just before COVID, yeah. Yes, when we met. Yeah. No, we met right after during COVID. COVID. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> during, yeah. <laughs> things were yeah, well so, in play. So things then. were going well with before things COVID. Things were yeah. going well before COVID. And then um, you know, COVID happened and I was like, okay, well, everybody has to take a break right now. That's fine. No big deal there. And then I broke my fingers and I said... No, I'm still going to continue. I'm, you know, that's okay. I don't need the violin right now. That just means I don't need the violin right now, you know. And I still kept doing stand-up. But what I started noticing was um, I was doing stand-up at the detriment of my acting. So stand-up, uh, none of these casting directors are impressed with any kind of stand-up activity because you're all just talking about yourself on stage by yourself right so nobody like it wasn't helping me with casting and also um i would be up at like late at night doing shows a lot of times you know i would like i would headline <laughs> i would headline <laughs> and um like because I'm, i'm the only one that's been on tv and so you know a lot of these shows like i I would be the only one that's on TV. So, because I was in the Amazon commercial, I was the bride and the Best Buy and the Rum Chata, Cotton, Grubhub, all this stuff. So, and everybody's seen. So, and yeah, and on buses, on the side of buses in Manhattan and all this stuff. So, they put me up at the end. And then what would happen is, um, like, I would have a callback or something early the next day for acting, and I would be tired for my callback or I would show up late or something because I was out all night getting free drink tickets at a comedy show that wasn't ser it wasn't serving me anything like okay I would go there and I would get to make people laugh but I mean it, the the satisfaction isn't coming from making people laugh the satisfaction is working with other people and I want to do that in a in a very I want to do that during the day and I want to do it on set and I want there to be coffee involved and it's just it's just a different it's not my vibe anymore like I used to love going out at night when I was an 18 year old you know and then I just kept doing it because I was excited oh I'm perfecting it I'm perfecting it and then like 
I woke up one day and I'm like, I don't have my violin and I'm not ice sculpt and I'm, and I don't want to do, and I don't want to do stand up anymore. Like, I don't want to talk about this stuff. And the, all this violence is like occurring around stand, stand up too. Like, freaking, uh, uh, Chris Rock getting slapped in the face, you know, for making that, for making that joke, which wasn't even a good, like, it was like a low hanging fruit. And then you have, uh, Chappelle. uh, Chappelle getting tackled and then they found out that that guy had knives on him and stuff and that like he could have got stabbed and i'm just like oh my god and then i was at a show one night and some guy started heckling the comic that was on stage telling him get the fuck off stage you don't know what the fuck you're talking about f-bomb f-bomb f all this stuff and i'm sitting right in front of this heckler and i could feel his breath like in my hair like you know and i'm like i don't I don't want to be anywhere near this. I don't want to be anywhere near that because I grew up with domestic violence in the household. Maybe I'm a little bit triggered by that. And I'm like, either way, I feel like that, that makes me even smarter, right? Because I'm like, I already know how messed up this can get. And if it's already like kind of messed up right now, like as somebody who's seeing the red flags, like I would be stupid to keep continuing to do that even though you might not think that my comedy is that offensive and you might not think oh that would never happen to you well that's that's what a stupid person that oh it would never happen to me that's like what you know that that to me is very short-sighted so i'm like okay just like i'm gonna treat stand-up like any of my ex-boyfriends right i'm not married to you stand-up I'm not married to you and you can get the hell off of my Instagram if you're going to show me red flag after red flag after red flag. And Jimmy Fallon is not, he's not here. So um, <laughs> it's okay. I can come back if I want. But, yeah. Yeah. How long ago did you step away? How long ago did I step away? Oh, like two weeks ago. Oh, it's so new. Yes. Yeah, very new. And I'm very excited. Because I, ha I have more energy to do stuff like this, which I feel like counts more. Like, I want to do this more than I want to go do stand-up. I just, like, I don't know. I just, like, maybe it's because of COVID. I just miss the connection with people. Yeah. And when you do stand-up comedy, sure, there's, there's a connection. I mean... Yeah, like after the show, if they like you, they might somebody might come up to you. They, they might do that, but I don't know. It's just like it's not a conversation. It's it's me going up there and telling you everything, and I'm telling you, telling you, and you don't like as an audience member. The only way you could respond back is with a groan or a laugh or something. And if you say any words, then you're deemed a heckler. And somebody's going to like reprimand you for it, and I, I don't like that. Not that I'm saying people that should be allowed to heckle, but I don't like what, that the audience feels like they have to be really quiet or they're going to get in trouble or something. Like I don't like that. Actually, I'm a I'm a heckler myself. So <laughs> I, when I go and see stand up shows, like. I'll always, almost 100% scream something. <laughs> and I'm just like, man, but nobody likes that. But but I kind of do. <laughs> like, I think it, I don't know. It's not very, it's not a very collaborative art form. Yeah. 
How's the community that you have built in stand-up? I love the community that I've built in stand-up. Yeah, everybody, all the people, like, I love all the people. That's been the hardest part, actually. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah, because the people are, they're just people that I like and would genuinely, like, hang out with. Like, I have friends that still do stand-up that I still hang out with. But, yeah, I just don't. I just don't do the stand-up part with him anymore. I just do, like, the fun, like, let's go for a hike, have a conversation part with him. Because I, I jive well with a lot of the stand-ups because they're funny. I like hanging out with funny people. So Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think is going to replace stand What's replacing... Yeah. yeah, what's replacing it is my drive to find... a film community or some type of acting community um and going out and watching live theater and going out to dinner with connections that's what's replacing it it doesn't seem like much as like i'm replacing a stand-up show with like going to a different type of show or like i'm replacing it with like hanging out or just having dinner with a friend um just like well, Kristen, why can't you do that on your nights off when you're not doing stand-up? Because you, we can't fill our days with everything all the time. <laughs> Otherwise, I get really tired. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. So, so how about Improv? Upright Citizens Brigade is almost oh, opening. Yeah. Oh, they, they are? Yeah, they, I just got oh, an good. email. So someone bought them, like some company. Yeah. And they're going to open both of the locations. Yeah. In a few months. Oh, that's awesome. So they're back. Because I took classes there uh, before the pandemic. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. They were, they were great. Cl- I loved, I loved their classes. The- Me too. I took them th- th- during pandemic. Oh, you took them via on, Zoom. on Zoom. Okay. Like six classes. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So Zoom, how did you like them? The Zoom can be fun. I mean, I didn't do the Zoom. I did it in person. I thought about doing Zoom classes um, again recently, um, but when I quit, doing stand-up i was like man like i just have a new manager and my manager said you need to get some more dramatic clips because in order for casting to see you as an actress you need to have some dramatic clips right now all you have is comedy 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 which is great but they see you as a comedian and not as an actress and i was like oh okay and that really let that really set off a light bulb like i don't know i feel like the the my entire career i've been so against drama that i haven't pursued it at all like i've done theater but everything i've done theater has been comedy and you know obviously stand-up comedy sketch comedy writing everything but for some reason when he said I want you to do drama. I was like, you know what? You're right. Like, it's the one thing, you know, they say in improv, follow the fear. Yeah. It's like the one thing I'm scared of. It's like the one thing. And I'm like, dude, because I can stand on stage with like 2,000 people and play the violin upside down even. Like, you know, and I'm like, not scared. Like, maybe a little nervous. Excitement. But not scared but the thought of doing dramatic acting is so foreign to me and i'm like wow i guess maybe i should give it a try so that's also what i'm going to be replacing stand-up with is uh just like some dramatic 
acting classes and trying out some dramatic scenes with my friends, which I which I've already been doing and uploading on YouTube a little bit. But they're they're not like great. But I have like this one scene where I'm like arguing with my boyfriend. What's in the, the YouTube channel? Oh, my YouTube is just Kristen Lundberg. Okay. Yeah. So the scene here we're talking about. Oh yeah, it's just yes. it's just me talking. It's just me arguing with my boyfriend in the woods. Okay. But he's not my real boyfriend. You know, it's just a friend of mine. But, but yeah, it's real woods. Yeah, it's real woods. Yeah, and we're just arguing over um, some. I guess because I was like talking about our relationship to other people at the bar, and that was what we were arguing about. And he was like, "You shouldn't, you shouldn't be telling people our shit. That's our shit." And I'm yeah. like, "Yeah, it's our shit. It's everyone." And I was just like, you know, it's just like kind of being like a hippie. Like, no, it's like everyone's. <laughs> yeah. Did you improvise it? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Fully improvised. That was another thing I thought I would never do is, uh. Like I would like I'll never do drama, let alone improvised drama. Like ugh, this sounds like the worst thing in the world, you know, because improv can be pretty bad sometimes, you know, just because people not being on the same page and stuff like that. Um, so good stand up, but when I first moved to Chicago, I remember my friend taking me to a dramatic improv show. And he's like, yeah, we're going to see some improv tonight. I was really excited. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to go to this theater I've never heard of to watch all these people I've never Do you want to tell what it is? Um, I don't know what the theater was. It was, I don't know what the show was called, but it was a dramatic yeah. improv show. And at the end of that show, I was like pissed. I was <laughs> like, this is the worst show I've ever seen. And I was almost like, dude, I kind of don't ever want to hang out with you again. Like that was so bad. So was it bad or just not funny? It just, I don't know. It just wasn't funny, but it wasn't supposed to be. So, yeah. you know, I can't blame him for that. But I I think I just figured out something I didn't like. You know, it probably wasn't that bad. I probably just didn't like it. <laughs> but, yeah, I was like, this is horrible. And now I'm, like, doing it. <laughs> yeah. You stepped away from quite a lot. Because I felt that your stand-up career was going pretty well. I saw lots of ads of your shows online, and yeah, you were yeah. headlining. Yeah. And you, you have a really unique look. Yeah. So I could see your you going far Thank in stand-up. Thank you. And I have seen your stand-up on video, and it was great, but not Thank live you. yet. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I I think it's even better live. I think stand-up should be watched live. Uh, I think there's way too many specials and I don't care about any of them. And I'm just like, if I don't care, if I don't care and I don't want to watch them, then why am I doing it? It was going very well. I think I was doing it because I was good at it and I liked doing something that I was good at. Sorry, there's some wind. Yeah, it's okay. But it just, it just, and we're back. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So sorry. I just like, it felt good to do something that I was good at and I liked it. Um, but you know, I just like the mind gets bored, you know, it was like repetitious. It's like going and out, going out and doing a show. Oh, let's say I did like maybe three a week, three or four a week on a heavy week. Um, with not much money or some, no money yeah. on a lot of them. Sometimes it might be 10, 20, 30. The most recently has been $50 by my 
my friend uh my friends down in long beach and huntington beach would pay me down to come down there and do those shows which sounds good to me very good very yeah. good rate and a lot of times it'd be more than one show a night so i would stay you know for like four hours and yeah. go with 100 bucks yeah it's great um but that's like as good as it gets around here like, unless you start making it unless you, bigger. Well, or, and then if you, you make it bigger, then here's your life if you make it bigger. Okay, let's say you get on Jimmy Fallon or something else. Okay, then you get maybe like a $1,500 paycheck. I got paid more to open for Pat Oswalt. You know what I mean? So even that's not really a lot of money. Like $1,500 might sound like a lot to some of the stand-ups watching, but it's not. <laughs> like, not compared to like that film money you know what i mean so like you're making very low money okay and then say okay now i'm gonna start touring so then you're touring like half the year and uh you're eating bad food okay like food that's fast food or restaurant food right unless you're very disciplined and like buy yourself a bag of broccoli from the grocery store and eat that every day which is what i would do when i was on tour You would really do it. <laughs> yeah. And I had a friend I had a friend that would do it with me in Chicago. She was like that too. Nice. And so I liked touring with her because I'm like, cool, we can just we can still eat healthy on the tour and you're not gonna look at me crazy because I'm just eating a stick of broccoli because I'm doing what I have to do because there's nothing but McDonald's out here, right? Yeah. So um so there's that and then you gotta drive like I when I was doing my casino tour. I had to drive uh, at least four hours, like, every day. Yeah, by and yourself. It, yeah, well, I was with somebody, but w that was fine. But, you know, not complaining, but it's kind of a lot of work. And then, yeah. like, drive eight hours to the very last casino we had to do. It was like, oh, why can't we just cancel? And then they don't let you cancel, right? You have to do it or, you know, get fired. But Yeah. So, so then, okay, so then, oh, yeah, I get... $1,200 to do a casino run. $1,200. Okay, that's an entire week of your of your month gone. A whole week, right? I wouldn't even probably be able to audition while on the tour because I'd be driving, trying yeah. to get to the next show. You can't audition and drive at yeah. the same time. What, are you going to pull over on the side of the road and set up your camera, which I have done? <laughs> and I, yeah. I'm just like, it just doesn't make any sense. So then that's your life if you elevate. Right. Okay. Then you might go on tour, or you might elevate the other way and do what my friend is doing, which is a bunch of cruise ships. You, you know. But even then, you're on the boat every single day. Your life is gone. Right. All your stuff, my whole yard, my whole cat, everything gone. I wouldn't be able to see that for like a week. Right. Stuck on a boat with a bunch of people from Idaho. It's not for me. <laughs> I just don't. I, I get it. I just don't think. And then that's all. That's what you have to do in order to elevate to that point of like Amy Schumer, where you're selling out, you know, arenas. Okay, then you might actually be making good money. Then you're actually making some money to live off of. Yeah. Right. But this other stuff, this little casino business, and the little like it's like little thousand here and there, little. It's not very much. Yeah. Not if you're going to live here in L.A. And it's like, what's the point of even living in L.A. if you're going to be on the road half of the time? Yeah. You know? And it's like, I moved out here because initially I wanted to get on Jimmy Fallon. I was like, oh, I'll get on Jimmy. Or initially I want to get on Conan because Conan was in Burbank. 
And then, I, and then Conan went under, and I was like, just still kind of just doing it out of habit. And everybody's like, Conan's gone. And I'm like, yeah, but is he really? <laughs> you know? And then, like, and then the Conan went away, and I was like, okay, well, good thing I'm in LA because I can still do my commercials. The commercials, I've been doing them since I was like 18. And in and, and Cincinnati, I did like my first Speedway commercial. I played the violin and did a song while on the violin. So With it was like red hair. a long time coming. Yeah. The and same thing. It was like the same thing. It's like, man, I've been doing this a long time. I'm not like Conan's out of the game and Jimmy Fallon's all the way in New York. And I'm just like, yeah, it's time to call this a wrap just for now. Yeah. Just for now. Well, you told me about your dreams. Yeah. Uh, dramatic acting and all that. But how are you making it happen now? Since you stopped working and there's no stand-up. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm um I'm taking classes and just making those um like improvised dramatic scenes with my friends. Yeah. Um I'm also paying very close attention to who's casting for what. I'm doing what they call in sales, uh making my pipeline. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm making so I'm still like researching and trying to figure out emails and emailing people anybody that i can think of like uh anybody that i think might be a lead to a job like not just casting directors but like di directors and producers and like executives like um i think last night i emailed um an executive at paramount i emailed her a thank you because she is producing a show that's about ohio called welcome to flatch okay And I just emailed her, like, a thank you. Thank you for being a part of this production. You know, I'm from Dayton, Ohio. When I first moved away, nobody knew what or cared what a Dayton, Ohio was. Now, Ohio is the butt of uh, many jokes and shows and, like, comedy shows. Like, there's the Welcome to Flatch. And then, you know, back in the day, we had the Drew Carey show. And then... Um, Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then... Uh, Like, it, it's like Ohio is now kind of like this place where people out in the West are accepting a little bit more. Um, and, like, it's just, like, becoming, like, cooler, built more of the culture, I guess, and a bit more of comedy culture, which I think is really cool. So I just emailed her, like, thank you, you know, that's, you know, I'm from Ohio and it means a lot to us. And uh, I have an email tracker and I think that she opened it. She opened it twice, and she, you she reading the email, she also knows that you're an actor, yeah, okay, yeah, so yeah. I put in i I say thank you, but then in my email signature, that's where I have uh my website, and I also have like a picture that shows all of the shows that I've been on, like uh C cannonball u s a and something on Amazon Prime and like um, yeah, another show, and I put all that stuff there, and I put my actor's access profile, so she could go look at that, and that's all in the signature, so I don't feel the need to be like, oh, I'm an actor, here's my life story, I'm from Dayton, it's like, I feel like in building the pipeline, I want to make sure that the person I'm emailing feels really good, so I'm not going to pitch myself at all, because otherwise, anything I said before goes down the wastebasket, right? Because they'd be like, oh, she's just saying that stuff because she wants a job or whatever. It's like, no, no, no. Yeah, that might be true. But also what's true is I really appreciate the work that she did. So I'm just making sure 
that's there with no other, you know, self-pitching or anything. And then that's how the pipeline begins. So now I have her email and next time I have something really big come out, like a commercial, like my Mountain Dew commercial might be coming out soon. Um, for hard Mountain Dew. Uh, so when, when that comes out, I've already emailed her once before, right? So she might not have even replied or really even read it, but she'll remember, oh, isn't this the same girl that said thank you from Ohio or whatever? Without asking anything. Right, right. That's she, nice, the first email, that you don't ask for anything. Right, You just right. say thank you. And then the second one, I go, oh, hey, by the way, here's this. This is brand new. I'm excited about this. I just would like to share this with you. Something else that would just brighten her day now in the back of my mind i'm going i hope that she keeps me in mind for uh her project welcome to flatch you know because now she knows i'm from ohio she knows i am a talented hopefully knows i'm a talented actor by the way i present myself um and so i'm hoping like okay i'm trying to build that yeah she might not reach out to me and ask me directly but if i ever see in the breakdowns is something that's just like so perfect you know maybe since i built this like since i built this pipeline beforehand i might feel more comfortable and she might be more accepting if i reached out to her about a specific role if that were to ever happen yeah yeah that sounds great so Sorry that's about my the wind. yes yeah that's your <laughs> that's my idea of like business for acting that and that's what i do and that takes up all of my energy now during the days so at night i feel like oh i can relax you know go to bed it feels like i have it feels like i have a real job you know instead you of do it. yeah <laughs> i have two more things yeah so the second second to last thing is um if someone is not living in LA and is thinking about moving here and just getting some work or making it in Hollywood. Yeah. Would, would you have any advice? Yeah, if somebody was moving here, who's thinking to move here? Yeah. As an actor or comedian. Yeah. Um well, my advice would be to uh just have as many consolidated materials as you can so like um your headshots and have a really good looking resume and a, a reel like maybe like two reels like one for comedy one for drama um as i'm learning you know i'm like oh i should have one for both okay uh, <laughs> i should have one for drama too yeah one for each yeah yeah i feel like a lot of funny people like us who kind of are kind of missing that opportunity because i i wasn't afraid of it because i thought i would be bad at it I, I'm afraid of it because I just don't know. It's just unknown. But I now that I know that I don't know, now that I know I don't what I don't know, I am looking more forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So have good materials for the yeah, advice. Yeah, have good materials. Yeah. And um, I would just say... Uh, Yeah, be open and ready and excited for any kind of uh, way to make money because there's lots of ways to make money out here, you know, not just in the restaurant business. I feel like a lot of people start in the restaurant business out here. Or they think that it might be the only thing. But I think if you have any kind of skill whatsoever, especially in the arts, definitely make sure you take advantage of that skill because as I found out, you know, I became a whole freaking ice sculptor 
just because I had I had been a toy sculptor before and when I talked to them they said yeah that that transfers over that skill like that transfers over that means something to us so they were able to use that even though I didn't think you know it doesn't matter what you think <laughs> sometimes you just you just deal with the cards you've been handed man <laughs> hmm. so yeah I would say be yeah, have all your materials together. Uh, be open uh, about what you do as far as when it comes to work. And, uh, yeah, just have fun. This is a really fun atmosphere. So many new and interesting, unique people. Yeah. Why, do, why are you not going back to the ice sculpting since your hand is now... Is it okay? I just feel like it was just, it is okay. Yeah, I just, I just feel like it's not part of my path. Like, I felt like it was a necessary step. It was necessary to go there um, to do that. I, I am an artist and, you know, I'm a visual artist. But I think that I just don't, I don't want to go back because... It was one very hard work. Like you're in a freezer for like several hours a day. It's with like, the chainsaw. Yeah, with the chainsaw. <laughs> like in there, it's empowering. Don't get me wrong. Like it's a very, it feels good and it's it's fun. Like it's fun to do, especially when you're doing a good job at it. You know, but uh, yeah, it's just very cold in there and it's very dangerous. And I feel like there was like a band of angels around me. Like, when I broke my fingers, it could have been so much worse. Like, that could have been my whole hand. I could have broke my whole hand. I could have lost my fingers. Ugh. You know, that's that place very much has the capability to take somebody's hand off. Like, there's things in there. Saws that I was operating. I operated, like, three or four different saws. Hand, okay, so hand saw, basic, no motor. Chainsaw. Then there's a table saw, uh, which is, like, what butchers use. Like to cut meat and stuff, we, we use those to cut ice. Um, that is attached to a table. Yeah, or, it's a, yeah, it's attached to the table. So it'd be like this table right here. You would put your slab of ice on. And there's a saw that goes up and down. Yeah, and you would, and then it would cut. Yeah, so table saw, and I also did Alaskan saw mill, which is a looks like a regular chainsaw, but it has a big device on it to grip the other side of the ice. Um, to make a perfectly uh, flat cut and then also used a band saw which is kind of like a table saw you still put the ice on a table but instead of a saw moving this way it's a saw moving that way so it cuts the top of the ice instead of the side Yeah. so there's like so many saws okay? <laughs> and like the fact that I got hurt by not one of those saws is like a miracle <laughs> okay like, and now you need to step and back now yeah like, i get it i'm like i want to be and like you know my whole life i'm like i want to be a comedian i want to be a comedian i'm a comedian i'm a comedian okay everybody's like fine okay jesus you're a comedian all right i get it but like since this injury i'm just like i just want to be an elegant normal <laughs> actress a nice. normal actress with no hobbies or skills 
don't want any other. I don't want anybody looking at me and being like, oh, she's so skilled or talented. I don't want anybody thinking that shit anymore. I just want to be normal. Like, I feel like I had that. That was great. But now I just want, like I said earlier, it's just about being. I love it. <laughs> That's great. The last thing is that if people want to follow you or see your work, can you please remind of your website? Oh, since you have making this, done this transition, what would you recommend people to watch? Oh, yeah. Your uh, old well, stuff or new stuff? Or I would recommend you still go on the website. Hold L for plane. Hold for plane. Well, it's I can helicopter. talk s since there's a the helicopter. <laughs> uh, something I, I think you have done great is to embrace your look, the way you look with the hair and everything. Thank you. I think yeah. you have done like one whole big thing about it and it seems to work. Because in yeah. all the commercials, it's you with your red hair and it works great. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. We all should learn that learn about that embrace the, what we have been given yeah instead yeah. of trying to make it look different or or whatever like i think there's like multiple uh personalities that can go with each look like you know with your beard you could be like a rough haggard woodsman or you could be like an educated college professor who you know likes to have a beer on the weekends or like whatever it's like yeah you're embracing your look But to embrace not only your look, but to embrace the multiple personalities that your look can offer. Yeah. Which I think is what I'm experimenting with now more than ever. Because before, I was embracing my look in a more like tomboyish. Yeah, that thing does get a little wild with the wind, doesn't it? Yes. So before okay. I was embracing my look in a more tomboyish way because I was working in this ice factory for three years with all men. And I was like, just please don't look at me. Like that was my whole thing because they're always like cat calling me and stuff like that. And I did everything to hide the fact that I was like attractive. <laughs> so like I would like not wear any makeup and I would embrace it in a different way. But now that I'm not working there anymore, And I'm not doing stand-up. I feel like I could take this rebellious edge off. I could take off the tomboy. I could take off the edginess. You know, I don't need to fight these men who are flirting with me anymore. I don't need to do that. I can be more elegant and free. And that's the look that I'm trying to embrace now. The feminine, elegant, and free. I like that. Elegant is a no word. No job. <laughs> <laughs> Elegant is a word that I don't hear that often anymore. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's a word that I never really used to describe myself. No, you do. So the last I thing, do. what should people check out from your work? Yes. Uh, just go to my website. I made it myself. Um, it is www.kristensfunnyhair.com. I might change that to Kristen's seriouhair.com or something. Elegant hair. <laughs> Elegant hair. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But right now it's kristensfunnyhair.com. That might change. But uh, you'll just right at the top, I put my most fabulous, famous work, the work that I'm most proud of. I have the Amazon commercial, which was directed by Jonathan Crystal, who directed a lot of episodes of Portlandia and Tim and Eric. And so that was a really proud achievement of mine. Um, so that's on the website right when you 
land in there and um yeah just look around on the site and the about page like you can see some of my ice like uh i used to do a comedy show where we i would bring an ice sculpture yeah and you can see the smashing of that ice sculpture after the show on my website so yeah that's on the about tab and so you could learn a little bit more about the ice sculpture there too and yeah. we still have your stand-up there Yeah, the stand-up is still there. Um, it's an old dusty relic, but if you want to look, it is just right on the the landing page on kristensfunnyhair.com. Just right, you just scroll down a little bit at the very bottom where it belongs. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, thank you, Kristen. This was yeah. great. Thank you. I haven't seen you for Sorry two years. Sorry, I cried. <laughs> oh, this is great. Oh, Have God. a good day. Thank you, Kristen. You too. Bye. Bye.